you can always be the small spoon, darling. That's fine. Hello, I'm Nipper Reed. And I'm Phil Wolf. So, settle down, have a nice cup of tea, and enjoy the Venomous Exchange Radio Podcast. Crumpets, Nipper. I want the crumpets. Well, as you've been such an extraordinarily good boy... We're in, we're live, we're on. Here we Splendid. go. How do I make this full screen for me? Okay, green button. Duh. All right. Venom Exchange Radio, episode eight. My name is Phil Wolf, and as always, I'm joined by the illustrious Mr. Nipper Reed. Hello. And uh, this episode is, is a bit of a catch-up. Am I right? We are right. We are. We've actually seen each other in person, which is lovely. In the flesh, crazy. In the, in the flesh, it's. It was kind of like a Tinder date where you think, "Oh my God, have they sent their best picture?" And are they actually going to be hideous? But no, Phil delivers the goods. Is exactly what you think he is in person. Yes, and so. Nipper was a bit taller than I imagined, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't mind being the small spoon. <laughs> You can always be the small spoon, darling. That's fine. Um, but no, it was lovely. And um, we have got a lot to talk about in terms of we've just come back from Arizona. Arizona. What an absolute treat. First time I've properly hurt the US and absolutely blew my mind. Just amazing. I yeah. cannot cannot wait to get back there. But totally, totally different herping to Europe fantastic species iconic species and um yeah absolutely thoroughly enjoyable experience yeah man it, it truly was adventure of a lifetime and i mean the, to be honest the highlight of the trip was was getting to actually hang out and herp with you you know i mean we talked <laughs> damn right. almost every day but exactly yeah. we never met in person you know and, yeah and that's that's such a great experience such a great feeling is to finally like get the the i don't want to say the physical connection but you know what i mean i and, know what you mean the chaps that we were with are the best of the best, you know? Yeah. And that's hundred percent. It, it was a, it was a golden trip to have some of, some of the, you know, absolutely outstanding field herpers, trip planners, um, such a wealth of experience. And, and also they are so funny. It was just an absolute yeah. blast of a trip. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Definitely really a laugh, right? Really spoiled. And I think one thing that really made the trip, well, there's two things in my mind that made the trip, that really made the trip the way it was. And that was one, uh, Dustin Gron being our like boots on the ground, like oh, local. Dude, I, we can't speak highly enough about that guy. He's just, he's the, he's the shiz. He really is. Oh, mate, having a local guide is always uh, a gift on a trip. But yeah. someone like Justin... And I don't want to keep, you know, singing his praises because it'll he'll get full of himself. Man. Of course, uh, of course. He's, he's still a redneck. But <laughs> um, no, what a awesome field herper and what a splendid person to spend some time with. Absolute joy. Yeah. So Dustin Grand, he's a gecko sphere on Instagram. Check him out if you haven't already. And then the other thing is obviously Rob Stone puts together these beautiful trips for us and, and his his attention to detail is impeccable, but I like how Rob goes to, he does go to the same place twice because 
he wants to really get a feel for the lay of the land and different seasons and what to expect. And I feel like them having at least Robin and Dr. Drew Lander having been there before us really helped a lot because they're like, oh, we were going to go here, but it's probably going to be too hot or it's not going to look that good because of the time of year or whatever. And I think that that plays a huge factor that so many of us don't have the opportunity to to hurt the same place twice at uh, at at a distance, if that makes any sense. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, for me. It was a, a real pleasure to be on a trip that I hadn't organised. So I was a complete passenger on this trip. It was lovely. You know, I was chauffeured around and get out of the car and win the absolute perfect spot for whichever species. We found, you know, all but one species we were looking for, which is logistically incredible. And some species that we didn't even think we'd find, we stumbled over. Yeah, um, yeah. And that, that, that is, you know, that's primarily down to Rob sorting out the sites before we went and yeah. working out the logistics. You know, um, even, you know, and taking some chances, some educated chances um, going out of our way and and they all paid off. And that is down to Rob's detailed research and Rob's experience and Rob's knowledge of the species that we were looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't fault him. Yeah. It was just a great time. Great time. Great animals. And, and, you know, we joke about, having only one target species not found but if you're gonna not find a species that's the one that it's okay oh, to not find a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent i mean so uh, so let's talk about the species that we saw yeah, let's, though let's not that, that we didn't so for me um obviously I, I keep rattlesnakes and i've kept rattlesnakes but i've never seen one in the wild so the big thing for me in america was to see a wild rattlesnake and before I left the UK, I had no game plan. I knew that there was, you know, potentially eight or nine rattlesnake species in the area that we were going to. But, you know, on any trip, you cannot bank that you're going to see anything. So I thought, OK, well, statistically, we're most likely to see an Atrox just because it's the most widely distributed and possibly an inverted commas commonest species to find out there. So I would have been absolutely stoked just seeing an atrox just to see a wild rattlesnake um but to actually just be hours into the trip and bear in mind i was you know i've been up for 28 hours i was super jet lagged so i was sort of like coasting on fumes and then to get out of the car at our first sight and within you know 20 30 minutes for somebody to shout rattlesnake and, yeah. you know, we all go running, uh, you know, down down the path. And there's Rob with an absolutely stunning Arizona black rattlesnake. It was just yeah. incredible. And that was my first wild rattlesnake. And, you yeah. know, to hear the noise in the wild, they, you know, it is overwhelming. It's I know unlike it's, anything it's you've ever hat. heard. Yeah, it's old hat for you lot. I get all that. You've, you've seen it and done it before. For me, that is something to hear a rattlesnake in the wild. I, I've been waiting years, if not decades, to hear that in the wild. It is incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. And what a specimen. You know, oh, flawless. A flawless uh, textbook animal. The lavender with the yellow. and Yeah, just. Oh. And, uh, you know, I've, I've downloaded my photographs and I will be boring the shit out of people on Instagram with my various, I, I just spent the last two days um, downloading photographs. So 
I will be posting some, but I don't even think the photographs, you know, can do justice to the colors of that animal. They, they don't. They can't because it, we saw it in natural sunlight. hundred percent. Yeah. To be honest, it wasn't golden hour. It was still a little earlier in the evening, but yeah. it had that golden hour glow to it that just, yeah. you cannot get on film. You know? No, uh, but you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite rattlesnakes. I've seen so many pictures in books and on the internet, but they, ne as you say, they don't capture the actual lavender colors, the hues across the yeah. bottom of the snake. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, I think it was also super interesting because, and I never thought about what you had just said about hearing the rattle in the wild for the first time. I never thought of it like that because I've only herped North America, right? And I remember the first time I ever heard a rattlesnake and I, I had this this amazing giddiness to me like, oh my God, I know that sound. I've, I've always yeah. wanted to hear this in the wild, but now it got me thinking about like what it's, what a, how I'm going to feel. Let me rephrase this. How am I going to feel when I hear an echis for the first time, or I hear <laughs> Deboya for the first time in the field, yeah, you know, and it just like that makes me even more excited and even more, you know, thirst driven to find those other species off continent, you know. I, I can still, and it was some years ago, but I can still remember the first time I heard echis rubbing its scales together in the desert at night. And it is, it's just a, such an iconic noise and so loud for such a small snake. Yeah. Way, you know, louder than a rattlesnake. It's really weird. That's um, awesome. And the boy are huffing and puffing themselves up again. Yeah. Just such a great noise to hear in the Soon, wild. man. Soon. We'll, we're going to get oh, it soon. Got to do that. But um, I also think, it, it, not to cut you off, but I think it was also interesting because when we first got to that first trail where we found the Cerberus, the scenery was oh. so incredible yeah. that and like it almost didn't even look like the quintessential quote-unquote arizona you know what i mean it was very yeah. it was a little higher in elevation it was uh very oak driven with some washed out creek beds in between the oak uh, in between the oak uh forests but i'm looking at everyone on the trip and i'm recording people you know because i want to get some b-roll footage of just us experiencing everything right and i look at eric and i look at doc and and, and i see them doing their thing and then i look at nipper and Nipper is torn because he wants to get into full European hurt <laughs> mode of flipping every single rock he finds, but he'll flip a rock and then he'll look up and he'll just gaze at the mountainside and he'll see the clouds and the, the rays of light coming through the clouds. And he'll have this moment of pause and say, I'm really freaking here. <laughs> and absolutely like, right. I, I, wait, wait, I have to keep flipping rocks. I have to keep flipping rocks. And he'll go back to flipping. And I think that to me, like the, that first what you saw me seeing you seeing it for the first time yeah. was special for me if that makes yeah, sense yeah it was it was comp i completely get that it was so overwhelming i was so unfocused on this trip because it was just an overload literally every bird every butterfly every flower every cactus every insect everything was brand new normally yeah. when i go normally when i go on a trip i have one target i've seen everything else you know, yeah. I have five. I have five species in Europe left to see in the wild in terms of reptile. I've seen most of the birds. I've seen a lot of the butterflies. I've seen a lot of the dragon. It's it's not such an overwhelming experience where literally everything is brand new. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to photograph a tree lizard, and then over there, you know, there's another lizard running around, and over there, there's a dragonfly I haven't seen, and over there's a cactus in flower that I haven't seen. It was just incredible. But uh, think... yeah just to hear the rattlesnake 
And I wasn't even expecting, on the first day, I wasn't even expecting, because we had quite a drive to do, to the accommodation, I wasn't even expecting to get any herping in, really. And um, to nail that beautiful species so early on, it took all the pressure off the trip. If we'd seen nothing else for the rest of the trip, that would have been worth the trip. Agreed. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And, and I, I remember before the trip, I really hadn't looked at the itinerary. And I know I've said this on other podcasts, and I'll say it again, as I, I asked Rob, Hey man, if, if we're going to the like New Mexico border, why did we all fly into Phoenix? That's like a four hour drive. And his his one word text reply was, Dustin has a Serb spot. And I was like, say no more. Sure, <laughs> sure as hell. He, he was 100%. right. He and was right. you know, it completely paid off. And you know, a four hour drive to see something like that is more than worth it as far as I'm concerned. It's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, we, we we started the trip out with a bang with the Serb, and then next day, did we hit up the high altitude next day, or we were, no, we were still in, um, uh, we were still in the New Mexico border area. I'm actually going to go pull up pictures so I can remember exactly Yeah, I think the next day, we went to the Gila spot. Yes, that's right, the Gila spot. Which was super hot, too hot, too hot to herp in the daytime, really. And needless um, to say, we did not find a Gila monster. No, we found the only thing we found were um, little scoloporous lizards. Nothing, nothing else, did we? No, yeah, and cows, <laughs> and cows in shit order. Yeah, yes. um, and then we road cruised that night, and we found a dor Mojave. Is that right, or was that the night before? I think that's the night after. Oh, is that the night after? Yeah, I get confused. Okay. Yeah, we went to uh, we we saw Scalopris and um, and we wound up going to this crazy watering hole that Dustin showed us, and it's like ah uh, uh, oh, yeah, it's basically a, a playa in the middle of nowhere on the outskirts of a small town, and the water was only maybe three or four inches deep. But there were shorebirds and kangaroo yeah. rats. And yeah. Overabundance um, of life. We found those frogs, right? Yeah. We got um, Bufu debilis, which is the little American version of the, the green toad. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got um, Woodhouse toad, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Or plain, plains or Woodhouse. I can't remember. Yeah, the, little, we, little we got brown one. two little toads, which was great to see. Unexpected yeah. in such a dry area. Yeah. And uh, after that, we wound up uh, going to the Chiricahua Desert Museum, which is the home of uh, Eco Universe. So, yeah. anybody who has an Eco Universe produced or published book or any of the Eco Universe, you know, hats or shirts that have the really cool reptiles and animals and stuff on them, uh, there's actually the, the Chiricahua Desert Museum, which has historical artifacts, both of pioneers and you know indigenous peoples of the chiricahua desert but also has a ton of herp history so we went through the museum and they have i don't know if it's is it it's not every species of arizona rattlesnake is it i think that they do have every species but not all all the species are on display okay so yeah they have two rooms that are full in a a zoo fashion of really 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 nice uh, rock ledge vivs with all the different rattlesnakes in it and then some some harmless stuff too but the main room is all just herp history just old you know uh tips and tricks for you know curing snake bite or uh tortoise shells of 
damn near every tortoise around the world, you know, taxidermy yeah. and preserved in museum fashion. And, and then the artwork, you know, it's, it's the largest collection of Tel Hicks artwork in the world. And it's crazy that, you know, prints that we have in our, in our snake room or t-shirts with a, with a, a Tel Hicks, you know, uh, painting of a Gila monster on it. And you're seeing the real painting hanging on the wall. And I think that's just the coolest. It's the, you know, the largest collection yeah. of Tel Hicks art in the world. And that was awesome. Absolutely and, awesome. And the, the rattlesnakes that are on display were particularly nice examples of each species. They're oh, yeah. Been, they've been curated to be some of the, you know, some really spectacular examples of each species. Yeah. And, 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 and the vivs were, you can tell the vivs were made to be correct for the environment of the animal, which yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily, in my opinion, it wasn't necessarily a viv that we might have at home to be as naturalistic as possible because clearly it's a it's in a zoo type fashion you want you know yeah. that you're you want your guests to be able to see the animal yeah but the rock work was still there and you know yeah. talking to dustin about it he was saying that what these guys do is they go out into the desert with a big plaster paris mold and they will take a, a rock wall on the side of a ravine and they'll plaster mold that rock wall bring it back to their studio or to their house or garage mm -hmm. or whatever and then make actual, you know, uh, uh, plaster oh, yeah. and ceramic molds from the real stone, which I thought was incredible. Yeah, that's ideal. And of course, we saw the desert iguana there. Desert yes. iguana. Yes. Awesome. So, so I, so I think desert iguanas are super cool. I mean, I don't know oh, them, yeah. but they're cool. I'd never seen one in the wild. I did not know that they're not found in the Chiricahua Desert, and that they're only found 200 miles west of where we were. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's desert iguana. And I'm like getting pictures of it. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's just a desert iguana, dude. And I'm like, this is this is a lifer for me. And then everyone's like, dude, it's their pet. They let it loose in the yard. <laughs> I'm like, OK, thanks. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks for popping that bubble. Let me just check that one off my list now. <laughs> uh, it was lovely to see your excitement and then realize that it was actually a pet iguana. Yeah. 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 Still cool. I was like, man, this wild, this wild iguana is so friendly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, so what was the next venomous snake that we found? I want to say possibly prairie rattlesnake. Yeah, the next venomous was the prairie. I'm actually looking yeah. at the pictures right now. And that was we uh we were driving to a spot to go road cruising, and somebody, I can't remember who, mentioned, you know, snake, and they slam on the brakes, do a U-turn. But we do a U-turn in front of a U.S. Customs and Border Patrol officer who was speed trapping on the side of the highway. So the van comes skidding to a stop. We all jump out to surround this juvenile rattlesnake. And then the cop walks over and goes, so you guys like snakes, huh? <laughs> I think we scared the absolute toilet out of him, to be perfectly honest. I mean, yeah, if, you can, yeah. if, you can, if you can imagine a... a suv pulling up and then like six blokes just jumping out of it yeah and literally at, well, like one or two in the morning on the most desolate desert road it's yeah it, it must have given him a little uh twitch in the bottom area I would oh suggest. sure i'm sure absolutely yeah finger was, was on the button you know it. i think he was quite relieved when all we did was bend down on the road and everybody's got loads of cameras out shooting this poor little snake yeah right right yeah huh. oh man but the next day the next day was actually probably one of my favorites was I've had, I've had a lot of different species of rattlesnake captivity, some of which were mine, some of which were the facilities where I used to work. 
Um, I've worked with Price Eye. I've worked with Willard Eye, all different clubs and Leps and whatever else, right? But you and you hear the term montane rattlesnake, but you really don't grasp, at least for me, because I come from the flatlands of Florida where we're 28 feet above sea level. You really don't grasp the fact that you're legitimately in the mountains at elevation, right? Yeah. So we start, you know, the Sky Islands are such a diverse ecosystem, whether it be, you know, the the flat desert with the saguaro cacti or you're, you know, going up into the foothills with the oak trees or you're actually, you know, sub subalpine layer when it's all, you know, all conifer trees. But we're driving up the side of this mountain. And I'm like, we are really freaking high in the air. Like this is <laughs> we're up there. I'm like and watching the temperature drop in the morning. Like the sun's already up and the temperature is dropping because we're going so high. And we yeah. finally get to our first spot to go look for the price eye. And I pull out my Garmin and we were at 8,272 feet above sea level, which in my mind, I was like, there's no way there's snakes up here. We're 8,000 feet in the air. And we saw signs. We saw lizards. Obviously, we didn't find a price eye, but. Rob was explaining that they only live between 6,500 and 9,000 yeah. elevation. And that's proper, crazy to me. Proper montane species. Yeah. And, and just, you know, you wake up and it's 75, 80 degrees because the sun just came up in the hot desert. And then you drive up there and it's 60 degrees. Yeah. It makes me wonder, you know, are we really doing them justice, keeping them in the captivity? Because how are we going to recreate, you know, massive temper you know unless you've got air conditioning in your snake room or something like that and all you're keeping is price eye it, it's it's going to be difficult because you know the daytime temperatures were 100 110 i can't even i can't remember what the temperature was eric took a temperature reading off some of the rocks at midday yeah it was like 154 degrees on the rocks yeah on the Me rocks meanwhile scalopers are still running around on top of them yeah but then at night that's got to go from 154 way down because it was chilly at night. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're, you're looking at, you know, 30, 40 degree temperature drop daily. Solid. Solid. Plus an overwintering period where, you know, above the, they're above the snow line sort of thing. Yeah. How are we as keepers, we can't really recreate those temperatures. It's the, sa it's the same as the um, Vipira Monticola, the beautiful little Moroccan Atlas mountain vipers. Yeah. How, we can't keep them because it's exactly the same habitat. It's 8,000 yeah. feet plus. Yeah. You know, aren't three months of the year, they're under snow. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, but great to see the habitat. Gutted we didn't see the price eye in person, but absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, that, that just gives us a reason to go back, you know? Oh, 100% all day long. Yeah. So where were we after that? Um, um, I just want to just go back. Yeah. The, the prairie rattlesnake was one of the species I really wanted to see because it's very, very common right. in, the in the hobby. You okay. Know, I've, seen, I've seen loads of the hobby. But to see one of them wild was amazing. And again, it, whether it was at the light at night or whatever, but the green on it was fantastic. It was. Oh, yeah. And again, really hard to capture in a, in a photograph. But yeah, I, I was really, really stoked to see that species. I didn't didn't think we'd see that species where we were. So uh, because yeah. yeah, it's so variable, too. Yeah, it, yeah, it's got quite a narrow range where we were. And I think mm -hmm. we were quite fortunate to 
to see yeah. it. So I was super Agreed. stoked about that. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite a range extension. It's just a, a little cusp. It, it we're yeah. really on the edge of its range. So yeah. I wasn't thinking we'd see that at all. And, and for that just to pop up unexpectedly was, was great. Yeah, absolutely awesome. So after that, uh, we did a fair bit of herping and saw some more scallops and stuff, some, some interesting inverts. Um, and then we wound up getting a flat tire. Yeah, uh, which was, you know, we got a flat tire coming off the mountain, which is good because we were on our way to the general store to have lunch. And sure as hell, we pull out this rod that had to have been, was, I don't know, it, six inches long, five inches long. Ridiculous. The tire didn't blow. I've, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of set us back. But I, I just want to touch on the fact that even though it set us back, it's it was almost a I don't want to say a blessing in disguise because that's going to glorify it, but it was nice for all of us to have a day to stop and reflect and hundred percent yeah get some some well needed sleep some hydration and to go yeah. through some of our photos and just to kind yeah. of recollect our thoughts because yeah you're so you're in such a go mode and you're like the next one the next one the next thing the next place the next meal and yeah. It's nice to just sit back and go, crap, we're still on vacation, you know? Yeah. No, to, and again, you know, part of the joy of a trip isn't just the herping. It's the people you're away with. And it, it was a oh, pleasure, for, as you say, for us to all finally have a, you know, a decent shower to be able to sit down, have a beer or a, a coffee or whatever, have some food and actually relax. Because we've been on the go, you know, I think I'd had probably five hours sleep in three days or it was just getting ridiculous, yeah. you know, and yeah. we were all, we were all hanging. So to have an afternoon stroke evening where we physically couldn't go anywhere. Um, yeah, it, it was still great. And we still, you know, we still hurt the backyard of the, the property. Yeah, man. Crazy tree lizards, you know? Yeah, tree lizards and, you know, coyote. It's just fabulous. Yeah. Baby quail. Baby quail. The, yeah. the cutest thing in the world is a baby quail. Yeah. I don't care what people say. Yeah, ideal. Yeah. So once we went up getting back on it, um, we went back to that Gila monster spot. And I feel like that was the most, pro I don't want to say productive, but that for lack of a better synonym, that was the most productive night because of the oh, amount of epicness in one. That evening. was just ridiculous. ridiculous. Um, actually. And for me, having not hurt, although I've hurt similar habitat, say in israel or similar habitat in in jordan or whatever to see the desert go from absolutely bone dry you know you're breathing in completely dry air to just feel it change in a second it yeah. was the weird it was really really strange you could literally feel the change in the humidity the change in the temperature just happened in a few seconds and it was like completely different habitat after that it was yeah. incredible you know yeah just the smell of it because like i mean i've smelled rain before but this had this smelled like it you could smell the dust in the air yeah it was, it, it was incredible yeah and the temperature drop in just because i mean it wasn't a heavy rainfall it was a light rainfall by any standards but just the difference that it made in terms of activity was incredible. Yeah. And I, to be honest, if that was Florida, I wouldn't even call it rainfall. No, I mean, like I, a, I, a light I, mist, you yeah, know, I, but, I, I, it, but it yeah. changed everything like that. Yeah. 
I'm from the UK. That wasn't rain as far no, as I'm yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, It was not rain. Yeah. yeah I, you know, but that was enough to completely change the, 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 the habitat and, and completely change the activity levels. Yeah. And it went from quite a slow night, enjoying the scenery, enjoying, you know, I was taking pictures of lizards. I was taking pictures of cacti to suddenly completely overwhelming, just yeah. mad, mad night. And it's crazy because I I have this affinity for spaghetti westerns and vintage Americana. And now I'm standing in the Wild West and we all kind of broke off and like, Two guys went this way. Two guys went that way. I kind of walked off on my own. And, you know, I, I got the GPS. I see the road. I see the trail. I see them with their head torches in the background. It's like, I'm not too worried about getting lost or anything. But I was like, let me just take a little walk on my own. And I'm just trying to soak everything in. And I'm almost glad that I didn't see anything where I was because it would mm-hmm. have been much more difficult for everyone to come to me. But yeah. right around the time that the, the ball of the sun finally went below the mountain line, you hear... Hey, I got one over here. Rattlesnake over here. And like, it was one after another, after another. And they are all different species. That was incredible to me. Yeah, that was. And um, when we was in the the, the Desert Museum, one of the Tel Hicks posters was a beautiful drawing of a coral snake. Yeah. And, you know, both, I think I was chatting to Eric and I said, oh, that's just what a beautiful illustration. I said, you know, there's practically no chance of finding one of those because it's not like you can go to the habitat and wait for it to bask or anything like that. It's right. such a, a lottery win animal. Yeah. And then uh, walking along and just to hear Justin scream, coral snake. Yeah. And I, I ran around the corner and he, he, he kind of grabbed it because it was going to escape with bare hands and I had gloves. So I managed to, you know, pick the snake up um, right. and to hold a coral snake in its natural habitat who, you know, incredible. It wasn't yeah. even, it wasn't even on my radar for the trip because, you know, it's not something you can plan for. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't think about it at all. No. Um, and it was fabulous. It did all the things that coral snakes do. It was wriggling like mad. It was making, you know, fart sounds trying to get away. It was just fabulous. Yeah. It, to me, that was one of the most, that was probably my second favorite animal of the trip. Yeah. It was, I, it I honestly, the, the more I think cool. about it, like the more I think about it, I, I was okay. <clears throat> excuse me. We, we always say, well, us in our group, excuse me. We always say that it doesn't matter who finds it because we're all in it together. We're all there together. We're all photographing it together. So yeah, like, for 100%. example, I could say, I could say in theory that this trip, I didn't quote unquote find you know, air quote with my fingers. I didn't find yeah. anything myself this trip because we're all together. And and let's be yeah. real. Sometimes you just got to be in front of the person. You know what I mean? Just to, to yeah. be the one to see it. But so yeah. I don't count those. Like it doesn't, that doesn't bother me at all. We're all in this together and I'm loving every minute of it, but it would have been really cool to have been standing next to doc when he said coral snake and like see yeah. it coming out from its rock. Like that yeah. would have been cool. But the same thing is, I've seen, I, I can physically say that I've seen a Sonoran coral snake in the wild. Yep. We have. We have. And that is yeah. so cool. Yeah, 100%. That, I mean, completely unpredictable and completely priceless. And we could go another 10 trips and not see one. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
exactly. And the, the colors is not what I, because I, I don't think I've ever seen one in person, to be honest. The colors were not what I was expecting. It was such a, <clears throat> excuse me, it was such a rich cream color. And then the black is not black. It's like a, a royal or like a navy blue. That that was the thing for me. Yeah. You, you see illustrations, but you don't get how blue it is. It, it, yeah. it really is like a midnight blue. It's just fantastic. I feel like it's a, a like the, the Queen's Navy's peacoat blue. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that's yeah. just incredible animal. Incredible. You know, and then we're, we're walking along and, oh, black tail rattlesnake, black tail. You know, you hear, what do you yeah. got over there? Molosus, Molosus, because you're yelling, you have 200 yards away. Yeah. And uh, and then another, an an Aatrox to boot, you know? Yeah, just incredible. The the black tail was stunning. Um, I think that was probably the largest rattlesnake we found, I would say. That or the Aatrox, I'm not sure. But in terms of length, definitely. Yeah, the the black tail was definitely longer. The black tail was the longest. Um, yeah. And just so chilled out, just fabulous yeah. species, absolutely fabulous. Um, was that Melosus or Ornatus? No, or, Ornatus is is east. Is east. Texas? Okay, yeah. so that is that is Melosus, right? Yeah, okay, Melosus. yeah, uh, just absolutely fabulous, fabulous to see. Yeah, um, and also the scorpions at the same time. Oh yeah, uh, 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 Vehovis and. Um, uh centroides in the in the yeah. same area which is the awesome. same area yeah just absolutely awesome great to see i got some lovely photographs you know it was just over literally as soon as it rained one thing after another was out yeah um and yeah yeah again uh as justin was releasing the the coral snake he came so close i am um, i was two steps literally two steps behind him and just as i was about to shout snake he put his foot down easily in striking distance of this uh, Aatrox. I mean, yeah. he, he, uh, but fortunately it was, it was completely chilled out and just lying on its camouflage. Um, but again, what a beast of a snake, beautiful oh. sort of, I would call it for want of a better word, I call it desert phase. It wasn't a high patterned. It was very, very pale. Yeah. Um, but just a beautiful, beautiful example. Um, and again, to see that just curled up literally on the trail, and, you know, a, a, by the side of a log on the trail, just in its ambush mode where it probably spends, you know, 300 out of 365 days a year, yeah. just sat around that sort of spot. Just incredible. Yeah, absolutely awesome. And you can tell that it was definitely dusty from being in that area. That area was a very dusty area, but yeah, the pattern was so faint yeah and and it makes you feel like those animals don't even need to have a pattern to break them break up the camouflage because there's so many things out there whether it be thicket or tumbleweed or you know prickly pear or whatever that they don't need the camouflage markings on them per se they just they naturally blend in with shadows yeah 100 percent. i mean it was it was almost con color it, it yes yeah. you had to really look to see a pattern on it it was yeah really really cool example yeah so we're all we're all excited we're all you know besides ourselves and oh this is what a great night and all oh, the rain's coming in and oh let's check the radar and see where we're going tomorrow and see if the rain is hitting tonight where we're going tomorrow and we're all excited and on the drive home 
we get yet another species. Yes. And again, another species which I thought we were quite out of range or on the edge of its range. Yeah. Wasn't, ex- wasn't expecting to see it at all. Yeah. And uh, that would be the Mojave rattlesnake. Yes. So, Scutatus, which I actually, I never got a chance to tell you. So when we first saw him on the road in the car, I snapped some quick cell phone pictures. And then when we brought him back to the, because the, all right, let me rephrase that. We saw it on the road, literally a hundred yards from our front door of our Airbnb. Yeah. So we wound up throwing him in a bucket and bringing I would him back. Say, I, I would say road is a very strong word. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very <laughs> wide trail. <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah. is a trail. You, yeah. you know, you wouldn't do it in a car. You, you'd need a four wheel drive. Yeah, exa- exactly. So we throw the rattlesnake in the bucket real quick and bring him over to the house. Cause it's literally like a hundred yards away from the front door. And the photos, when I scroll back through, the photos of the snake on the road are complete, to me at least, in my cell phone photos, are completely different than the snake at the house. And oh, it just 100%. Goes, it just goes to show you how variable they can be in a matter of minutes, if not a matter of seconds. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and that was just, that was awesome. Absolutely yeah. awesome. And then after we're shooting the rattlesnake, or as we're shooting the rattlesnake, Nipper and I grab the blacklight flashlights because we're going to try and find some arthropods. And he finds a Kalyonyx. Oh, mate, that was the best. Because you know, Something I keep at home. Again, not on my radar. For, I thought we might see Kalyonyx while we was at the healer site or something like that. Yeah. But I, I don't associate them with just being in the backyard of a, of a property. All right, backyard, it was just wild. But I still didn't associate it with where we were staying. And to see a little movement and then think, shit, that's a coleonyx. And catching it is just perfect because I keep that species at home. And to see yeah. it just running around in the wild, just amazing. And it was crazy because you see how soft they are and how fragile they appear. Yeah. And that one had a perfect non-regenerated tail. 100%. And that 100%. was that was so cool to me. It was like... You know, you expect it to be all scarred up and battle damaged from yeah, being wild. No, no. Yeah. it was a full lawless juvenile, probably probably a year old, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just like I, I still can't get over it, man. It's just mad. Yeah, it's awesome. great. Awesome. And you know, when you think it was 110 degrees in the daytime, it was probably 80 degrees at night. There was absolutely no surface water anywhere. Anywhere. There wasn't a great, I mean, there was a lot of large spiders around, but apart from that, there wasn't a great deal of um, insect life out at night. And it looked healthy as anything. Yeah, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And and I will say this is that that one night, even though it didn't, I don't, it didn't rain at our house per se, but no, the wind carrying the moisture in the air, yeah. sweeping across the whole county brought everything out. Yeah, you know, that mean, was the night that we actually saw some some Brachiopelma species. Yeah, that was the night that we saw a ton of more um, Hogna species. There were there was Hogna everywhere, and yeah. it's like you know you're looking for geckos and trying to get gecko eye shine, and it's just Hogna, Hogna, Hogna. Oh, look at that big yeah. bright one. Oh no, that's not a gecko. That's just a giant wolf spider. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's super impressive. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know you were struggling with the dryness of the air. Yeah, while we were there. But as soon as you're so right, as soon as that wind started up, carrying that moisture, it was completely different feel for everything. It was, yeah. uh, it was good. 
Yeah, and, and it, it did make me feel good because I uh, to know that it wasn't just me having the sinus stuff mm. because Dustin, his allergens were going crazy too, and he lives there. So like, I thought yeah. maybe it was me being from a hundred percent humidity climate, you know, for the past how many years I've freaking lived here, and then going to the absolute dryness. And apparently, it's not. It's just it's just desert. You know, sometimes yeah. it it comes and goes. So you know that didn't make me feel too much like a foreigner. <laughs> So you want to take it away from the club spot? What did we do? The first club spot. That was that uh, that the place with the scary house. The first time. Uh, we went. Okay, so we did that the next day. Yeah. 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 In the morning, mm-hmm. early doors, didn't we? Yeah, grand. Yeah, yeah. So we we had a, a long drive from where we were staying to the next Montaigne spot. And That's it. Yeah. It was. It, we had two cars at that point because you know Dustin drove his truck. So Dustin and I went in his truck, and everyone else went in Dr. Drewlander's SUV. And what I thought was interesting was we had to drive through Bisbee, and you know, I, like I love spaghetti westerns, I love old cowboy stuff, and like I've heard of Bisbee a million times, and it was amazing because it's like this cute little hippie town, but when you get through it, you get to this abandoned copper mine. Yeah, and like you don't. Like I've heard of the copper mine before, but I didn't expect it to be like on the highway and you see this giant strip mined hole in the earth that's, you know, 100 years old or however old it is. And that was super incredible, very impressive to see, you know, and it's yeah. like you, you feel bad because of what we destroyed our planet. You know what I mean? But at the yeah. same time, it's incredibly impressive to think that 100 years ago we were capable of doing such things, you know? Yeah. Um. And then we get to this this one club spot that was like we we joked about it. It's not a road; it's a tra- a wide trail. This was yeah. this was rough driving, yeah. <laughs> very very bumpy, very rough imp- improvised road going up this mountain, and uh, it paid off, man. You know, Dustin had the club spot. So, yeah, you guys beat us there, didn't you? Uh, yeah, we uh, only by about five ten minutes. Um, okay. We originally parked further down than you because we didn't think the uh, SUV would handle going any further. I mean, yeah, that, that washed out creek was just giant stones. Yeah, Dust Dustin's Dustin's truck is a little bit more. You tell us, yeah, off road prepared than uh, than Justin's SUV, which is a sort of family SUV. Yeah. But um, yeah, we literally saw a cloud within about two minutes of being out of the car. Um, oh which is which is fantastic again such an iconic snake something that i've been waiting so long to see in the wild obviously i've seen loads in captivity because it's a very popular snake uh, in europe uh, to keep but to see one just going about its business in the wild was just insane um uh yeah justin flipped it under a large piece of tin and uh yeah just certainly for me one of the highlights of the trip just to see a cloud riot in all its glory. Yeah. Superb. Yeah. What, what I thought was interesting was, is, you know, we took a lot of pictures and it was very cooperative for the most part. You know, it kind of yeah. sat there and let, let yeah. us do our thing. But I was thinking about this after the fact, after we all took our photos and everything, is that I rarely, I, I can't remember, maybe just because I, I put it out of my mind because it's not that big a deal, but this particular snake really got me thinking about how many times I've seen a snake in in shed or in slough in the wild yeah and i feel like every time i've seen a snake it's either 
maybe going into shed has a slight milkiness to it or it's gorgeous it j- had just shed at some point mm-hmm. but i feel like so many snakes in the field they're not out traversing anything when they're in blue no. because they're vulnerable you know 100 yeah yeah and this snake was deep deep in blue and maybe we flipped it from where it was laying low or maybe yeah. it had just gone there to get warm and we got lucky but yeah i just i thought that was really really cool to see an animal in shed in the field yeah yeah no like 100 yeah it was a super experience i mean we were all absolutely shattered by that point and uh, i think that really uh perks everybody up yeah definitely a morale boost 100 yeah. percent. and we got uh also a very cool uh slevin's Bunch grass lizard is. Did we get yes. that there? Yes, the Slevins. Yeah, yeah and then there, was, there's also a baby alligator lizard too. That that was cool to see. Yeah, I got some nice photos of the, the alligator yeah. lizard as well. Yeah, that was, that was grand. And the uh, whole time, Dustin's telling us about how big these alligator lizards get and how adorable they are when they're bigger and you can actually yeah. hold them and with them. And we did not see an adult one, but to me, honestly, like I know it sounds crazy, but that would be another reason for me to go back was to, to oh. would be to see an adult alligator lizard. I, I don't need reasons to go back. <laughs> I, I'm just going yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then uh, we did some driving, did some cruising, and uh, it got later in the evening, and it was still, dr- it was still, I don't want to say drizzly, it was misty, right? Yeah. And uh, there's this one gorge that a side road goes through, and you could tell, um, I mean, I don't even want to call it a gorge. It's basically like a micro canyon where you can yeah. see where a small creek or small, thin river has carved out this micro canyon over millennia and uh and you know dustin's like oh hey pull over (laughs) the side of the road and and we'll shine this rock ledge right yeah and the 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 canyon tree frog oh mate yeah dude super cool man super cool you know how is an amphibian living in the middle of arizona you know, bordered by desert in ridiculously high temperatures, no standing water, and then there he is, just sat on the side of a cliff face. Just yeah, incredible. Yeah, just incredible. Dustin was telling us that they're they're one of the they're one, a great tree frog for someone who keeps arid species like myself who wants to have an amphibian because they literally only get a misting of water on occasion. You know, weeks yeah. if not months without any kind of moisture. And they, they don't mind, you know, 110, 120 degrees, which is crazy. I mean, obviously, you probably wouldn't want to do that in captivity. But just seeing this adorable little tree frog that had I not been told, hey, look, a tree frog, I would have never seen it. No, it, it was, was yeah, yeah, so, so, so cryptic. It was fantastic. Yeah. And then meanwhile, I'm like, hey, you know, can I can I play with him? He's like, yeah, man, it's, it's a tree frog, you know, pick him up. He's not going to go anywhere. And like as I'm playing with this tree frog, it's stupid cute. He's telling me he's like, oh, by the way, their toxin is super bad for your eyes. So don't yeah. touch your eyes. And now I'm like, oh, like, oh, did I touch my eye? You know, the the uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the hypochondria starts sinking in. Yeah, 100%. Like, oh, am I going to go blind from this freaking frog? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. No, that, that, that was, was amazing. Good. Really he actually that kid did that twice to me on that trip i got my leg cut by a piece of yucca and he's like oh by the way that yucca is toxic so if you start getting an itchy leg that's what it is and i'm like does my leg actually itch is it in my mind what have i done <laughs> so <laughs> he was he was good at that he was good at sinking in my he's hypochondria a, he's a bad so, man yeah um shortly after that was uh 
a snake that we, we really didn't go too far in depth because it was so late and we just kind of got it off the road, but a Splendida desert King. That was you know? great to just, see. Yeah. Just beautiful. The beautiful and, beautiful you know, animal. I've never been a big desert King, you know, fan. like, I mean, I have Mexican blacks that were given to me as a gift, but like, yeah. I never, I never really appreciated Splendida just because they've always kind of been like the other King snake to me. But yeah. dude, seeing that animal in the wild, that was incredible, you know? Oh, yeah, the colors were fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, fantastic. and seeing it in its natural habitat on a on pavement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was cool, man. That was very, very cool seeing that. And uh that was that was only one of one of two colubrids we've seen the entire trip, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'd expected to see a lot more, but no, it was rattlesnake centric this trip. It was. It was. Which I'm not moaning about, obviously. Yeah, right. Venom for days. So, and um, trying to see what was after that. Um, I got some pictures mixed up because people were sending them to me throughout the trip. Well, so the next day was the crown jewels. Oh, my. This, the species that we found, I have waited two decades to see. It's something that has been an iconic animal for me for so long since I've been really keeping venomous and into venomous, it's something that I've always aspired to keep. I cannot afford the prices at the minute because they are insane. Um, but I never thought in a million years I would see one in the wild. And we were, we, we were blessed with some rain again. Um, it's quite heavy rain this time, uh, just prior to us getting there. And it's, it's, it's quite a high altitude site again, but, um, we wasn't long out the car. We'd all split up and then Justin calls rattlesnake and we came back and there was the original rattlesnake just sat in situ. What a stunning species. Absolutely. And yeah, it, it was breathtaking to see by far my yeah, absolute favorite thing of the trip. Something, you know, I knew we were in the habitat for it. I knew Rob and that had seen them before, but I just didn't think we would actually get a original rattlesnake. And, yeah, uh, it did not disappoint. It yeah, was not at just all. amazing. Yeah, and it, that was at fifty five hundred foot of elevation. Yeah, um, so and it, it's crazy that like the leaf litter. So when we had gone, we'd gone to that spot a day prior, and it was just yeah. way too hot. And uh, Rob actually found not where we not where we found the snake, but on maybe two hundred yards in the opposite direction, he found a shed, and. Clearly, that's a great indication that the snakes are there. I mean, you could yeah, tell yeah. it was a hundred percent a ridge nose shed. It had the lines in the face, had the pointed snout. You know, the saddling was correct. So that was a, a, a great morale booster in itself. But you don't really, you don't notice the leaf litter per se from all those oak trees until after the rain. And I felt yeah. like they colored up, and you could really see the different hues of browns and greens and grays, and then all the lichen on the rocks. The yeah. rock like and just they took that moisture and they just boom they just popped out with the neon colors you know and that's something that I, I never really think about is is the amount of lichen that add to the scenery to to make it the kaleidoscope of earth tones that it really is yeah and the fact that that thing was just sitting there just chilling just take my picture take my picture go ahead yeah um, oh, it, it was just um, an unbelievable time spent with that it was it was yeah you know what a yeah. memory it was incredible. by far even though it, it, obviously it's not as it's a, a magical thing for me but it's it hits you it hits home for you oh, so much more yeah 
but I still, that's the most photos of any animal on my phone. Ah, because I can't, you know, I, I can't pull myself to delete any. I'm like, this, no. one's, this one's blurry, but I have to keep it. You know? Yeah. I, I, you know, I try to think, I think I filled up a 650 cards, uh, memory card, 650 image memory card. I was shooting raw and, um, the, by far the majority of pictures on my camera were the original rattlesnake. Yeah, that, that was the same. That was the same morning where you're like, I have to delete some. I got yeah. make space. Yeah, yeah. Rubbish. Oh, man, that was that was incredible. So uh, we took the time to 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 really enjoy that willy. Um, yeah, and then we realized that we had been photographing the snake for probably what forty five minutes to an hour. Easy. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and uh, and I think everyone was like, you know what? Let, we've stressed him out enough. Let's go to let's go back to the the clobberized spot. Yeah, and that one paid off even more. Again, I think you know early earlier in the evening we had uh, some rain prior to us getting there, and it just as you said, it changed the habitat completely. Yeah. Um, we had our second uh, colubrid of the trip, which was phenomenal. Uh, which Rob found in that uh, dry wash, which was the Pituophis, so docile. Um, with coloration, I mean, to me, it was almost Depi-like, and I know we were quite close to, you know, to the Mexican border. Yeah, but, yeah the colours fabulous compared to you know other Pituophis that I've seen in yeah. captivity. That that was great, and you know, uh, no problem with handling in it at all it was it was very very docile that was great to see yeah it even sat well like on the log when rob was photographing it you know yeah. it just kind of sat there and let us do it yeah and then um obviously we had the other clouds which were great examples because they were so different from one another yeah it was everyone uh, yeah i mean one of them was almost more leopardus like than cloud like you know yeah very mottled rather than banded but you know just a joy to see to compare um the different clouds it was what you know to see one cloud on a trip you know w w was outstanding but you know just to see two or three in an evening just yeah. fabulous absolutely yeah. fabulous and yeah. rob found a baby on, in the wash on the move yeah and i think that's like that just tells you what you're in the right place right time because it's not like we flipped him that snake no. was coming out to yeah. get a drink or to, to hunt or what have you and yeah just the fact that you've got three or four snakes within 50 60 yards of each other and they're yeah. all different sizes different ages different yeah. colors yeah. you know that 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 tells me it's it's a healthy population and it just goes to to prove the the diversity of that species so cool. yeah uh, so cool. what what was that baby feeding on because it was absolutely yeah. my, my it was minute yeah you know, what was it after insects was it that I, we didn't see any geckos or uh scloperus that were that small it's yeah. um yeah it's incredible tiny yeah. little thing i uh, i gave rob a a coin a quarter coin out of my pocket to so that he could put it in the photo just to like get like a fun scale yeah. photo and uh we went up not using it because the snake wasn't as cooperative as, as planned but you could have probably if it was harmless you could have balled it up and put it on top of like a silver dollar yeah, hundred percent. It was it was That's minute. How tiny it was. Yeah, it actually went underneath um, a lens cap. It fitted a fifty ah, okay fifty two mil lens cap. It went underneath. Oh, awesome, super cool. Yeah, that that was great. Yeah, and then uh, when we were leaving there at night, uh, 
we got another amphibian, which I'd never, I never even knew existed. And to me, that's one of the best parts about herping with, with like-minded individuals is that I don't, I'm not a big amphibian guy, but I did yeah. not know that a red spotted toad existed. Yeah. Before that, that thing was so cool, man. That's it's like, right. Yeah. It, it's such a unique unique toad i mean it I yeah. mean, obviously it's a, it's a toad it looks like every other toad it's got bumps and whatever but it doesn't it's this rich blue gray color with yeah rust spots and those crazy eyes and oh yeah and again if, if it hadn't been so damp that night there's no way we'd have seen them yeah but yeah there was two or three just by the side of the road yeah i mean like i'm just looking at pictures on my phone right now it's like the the eye has like gold dust gold flecks in it yeah stunning Incredible, stunning, incredible, and, and we can talk about them because they're technically poisonous. So, <laughs> part, part of the podcast, part of the podcast, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so yeah, it was a it was a really great, really well rounded trip, man. It was a seven species of rattlesnake in seven days. You cannot yeah. argue. You cannot argue with that. And a coral snake, and a so, and and a coral snake, yeah, and a coral snake in, in one trip. That's just mm. ridiculous. So yeah. I did well. I did well. So my uh, um, Eric is two rattlesnakes ahead of me. Because um, <laughs> nice. both Eric and I have a quest now to see all the American rattlesnakes in situ. You got to do it. Oh, I'm, I'm all over that now. He has timber, timber and um, he also has Sidewinder. So, ah. Which he got on the last. Anyway, timbers are local to him. The Sidewinder he got on the West Texas trip. Well, he's so he he's also got uh, Ornata on you. Oh damn it, he has. They got that he on does. that trip as well, doesn't he? Yeah, oh. he got he got Ornata with me in West Texas with Smitty. Bummer. Yep. So he's three up on me. Yep. Rascal. Yep. yep. What a rascal! So, and then I've got I'm up on you with Ornata and Adamantius and <sighs> and uh, Barbari. Ah. Oh. So we all gotta we all gotta. Get our get our game on, man. Oh, mate. Um. Oh well. Uh, yeah. Rob is talking about a uh, Utah trip in May, and that will there'll be a, quite a few species on there. So that yeah. will that, that's that's what I'm looking forward to at the minute. That'll be very cool, man. I'm Great Basin. You know, uh, uh, yeah. Leucosis is one of my all time favorites. Yeah. Midget faded. Yeah. Hopi, Hopi rattlesnake. Yeah. Tiger rattlesnake. Need to see a tiger rattlesnake. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be very cool. Very to see cool. Eastern Diamondback as well. I've not even seen that. I haven't seen one in almost almost three years. So we're yeah. due. We're definitely we're due. due. Yeah. Talking of trips, have you got any more trips planned, or you field herping no. locally? No. Yeah, I've been field herping locally. Um, actually, I got another uh, dusky last week with Anna Maria, and. I, I'm very, very choosy because I've caught so many duskies now that I'm really, really choosy as to which ones I actually keep. And I found one that I believe it to be a female. The tail looks just right and it's the right size. Okay. I don't want to take something too small because it's a pain in the neck, as you very well know. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to take anything too big because I don't want to I don't want to damage the ecosystem. You know, I, yeah. I want adults to stay in situ and keep making more babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a perfect one to I got a perfect Palm Beach locality one to match my Palm Beach that I have. And uh, I'm like 99% sure I'm going to wait for a shed and then check that shed and right. uh, make sure I got a pair. Um, 
but other than that, I don't have anything planned. We're going to do, I've got taking time off for Daytona and then Anna Marie and I are going to the Carolinas in the, in autumn. So oh, cool. just kinda, yeah. And I kind of did that on purpose because I wanted to go away and not, I don't want to say not be able to herp, but I didn't want to be tempted to be like, Hey babe, let's go to this Creek bed over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wanted to kind of just do like an actual relaxing vacation. So uh, we're going to do that in autumn. Yeah. Um, and then I got to figure out my passport and sky's the limit with the old nip. nip. Yes. Come on. Yeah. Well, I am off with Alison to Milos in September, which I'm looking forward to. Excellent. Um, main target for that trip will be the blunt nose Viper from Milos. Awesome. So it used to be, part of the blunt nose viper the libertina complex which is like cyprus the middle east that sort of area is this still I, a macrovapera yes yeah yeah okay which um which i'd already seen i've, I've seen it in cyprus um and, and photographed it there um but they've now recently split it and it's now a, a species in its own right um okay and slightly smaller than the the, the ones you find on cyprus the nominate species but it's these the ones on Milos have got a lovely coral pink color to them. Oh, awesome! Um, and they're real sort of they feed heavily on birds. They're real sort of uh, migratory bird feeders. So uh, yeah, really looking forward. I've got some spots for those. Um, are you guys to... are you guys going during a bird migration or just yeah? Go... We're, we're going at the end of September, which is okay. uh, which is a, a busy period for them. So uh, it's a good a, a good time of year to go. Excellent. um there's also a wall lizard there that i haven't seen so if i get the if i get the the viper and the wall lizard that will take me down to three species left to see um, nice in europe which should be good there's also a uh, a grass snake and natrix which isn't a full species yet it's a subspecies but i'd like to see it because it's so different and it will probably be elevated to a full species eventually and yeah. there's also there's also a frog that is sometimes a full species sometimes not a full species so i just kind of let get that as an insurance tick as well so four species to see on an island and the rest of the time will just be sunbathing and playing about in the sea and that sort of thing so looking forward to that excellent that's what greece is for oh 100 percent uh and then we're looking at trips for next year already oh nice good so um yeah i need to do naxos um because there's a there's a lizard there i need and then try and find the bloody blotch snake that i couldn't find on the bulgaria trip um, and that will pretty much finish the European list. So I can just then just keep battering the States now. So <laughs> I, I need to come and hurt with you in Florida to get the, uh, the Sisturus. We need to do Utah. I need to go and see Eric in Pennsylvania to get the timbers. That'd be amazing. And we need to do Israel, obviously. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We got to do, we got to do North Florida too. So like I want to do, excuse me i want to do north florida just east of the panhandle um on the georgia border where apalachicola kind of comes down and touches into florida because that's the only spot in florida that you can find every species of florida venomous oh, okay that sounds so cool they, there is there is canebrake and copperhead eastern diamondback canebrake's not a thing we <laughs> i was waiting for you to say it, it is a thing. <laughs> um but I've never seen a cane break in the wild and I've never seen, or a timber, excuse me. And yeah. I've never seen a, uh, a copperhead alive. I've only seen a DOR one in South okay. Carolina. 
So those two are definitely on my list. And I know the boys up in uh, uh, the uh, Connexus working group, uh, Jeremy and Tyler and them, they want to go herping. So uh, we got to link up with them. And I think that would be great. Yeah. That's really cool. The frogs up there are crazy. The king snakes up there are crazy. So that's something I definitely want to try and get in. Yeah. No, that sounds an absolute peach of a trip. We'll we'll do that. Utah in May. Yeah. So. uh, Good stuff. Good stuff. So how is your collection doing at the moment? It's going good. Um, I added a couple things recently. Um, I got another pair of uh, KwaZulu-Natal uh, captive brethren calls. So they are... Because you didn't a... have enough ring calls already. Yeah, I know. I, well, I'm trying to have... d- diversify the gene pool, you know? Right, okay. So uh, I got a pair of them, and they're yearlings, and they're absolutely stunning because they're, they, they've they never been in dirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, so they're just yeah. a textbook. Um, yeah. And it's so crazy, man, because I love getting new animals that I love getting new animals that are wild caught, but I also love getting new animals that have been in captivity because I love to see their interactions with humans because an animal that's been in the wild is always going to be defensive to humans. But an animal that's been in captivity, it it could be tolerant, could be accustomed to being cleaned, being fed, whatever. And it's funny because the male is very nonchalant he really doesn't he doesn't stand up he doesn't hood which is great i love it nice and calm and i just threw a live rat pink in there and he just said thank you and took it and ate it meanwhile the girl is extremely elusive very shy hides in her hide all day long and i did the same thing with her i threw her a live rat pink and she kind of comes out of the hole of the hide looks at me looks at the food bites it lets go sucks back into her hide the the rat obviously passes away then she sneaks out slowly <laughs> grabs it and just slowly drags it into her hide cave and then eats it in, in the dark in the privacy of the darkness and i was thinking like here you have two animals that very well may be from the same litter but yeah. they just act so different and there's so yeah. much different personality so I, I got them which i thought was good and uh i've waited to get some kind of atractaspis species and a friend of mine imported some stuff from West Africa, and he got a handful of them. So I can only afford to really buy one right now. So I believe through my meager attempt at trying to identify which species, I'm pretty sure that I have Atractaspis dahomeensis, uh, which is right. a, a West African species. And it is deep in shed. I got it, and then like two days later, it went deep into shed. So I haven't really photographed it too much because I kind of want to see what it's going to look like after it sheds. But that is just so exciting to me because I've worked with two or three species in the past and they were relatively easy, but I didn't have the curiosity or the enthusiasm about the genus that I have now. And I really feel like they're a very interesting species and it it's almost because we don't know as much as we want to, or as much as we need to, and the more digging I do into the natural history, the more I find that there really isn't much, you know, and I actually, I have yeah. the uh, edition chimera book on Atrathaspis and there's this one section, you know, like trying to identify different species visually is very, very difficult with just the naked eye. And there's yeah. actually one part where it says, you know, if trying to identify certain species uh, via physical characteristics, please see this paper from such and such circa 2011. So I'm like, okay, fine. I find the paper. The paper is more 
than the published hardback book. <laughs> so I, I'm probably I'm going to wind up downloading it eventually. But I just yeah. thought that was interesting that even the published hardback white cover scientific book on the genus still admits that it is incredibly difficult to visually yeah. identify certain subspecies and species because they are yeah. so similar. Um, yeah. But I have some really interesting enclosure ideas in terms of being able to, yeah. So right now he's just set up in a basic Sterilite gasket tub. Um, I've got about two inches of substrate with a very wide uh, water bowl, some pieces of cork flat, and then a ton of oak leaves. I just threw in a bunch of natural oak leaves to give it that whole fossorial feel. Yeah. And oh, sorry, that's my dog. Puppy woke up from the nap. Puppy's just woken up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think, and and from what I've seen now, as I'm trying to leave him alone uh, or her, I have no idea what the gender is at this point, but it seems to be settling in quite nicely. Um, there was no defensive behavior at all. There was no arch arcing of the neck. There was no pinwheeling. There was no side swiping or strikes. Um, I have not tailed the animal because it's very small and I, I just simply don't trust it. But um I, uh, when I was pulling it up with a hook to put it into its new enclosure, I gently took my hand and just kind of touched the bottom of its tail, like as if you were going to tail it. Um, and I, just to make sure that that spine on the tail was still there and intact and it wasn't damaged at all. So the tail spine is perfect. And just observing it, there's no, there's no, uh, damages to any of the scales. It's, it's honestly, it's a perfect specimen. I'm really happy with it. Um, I'm just hoping that it winds up eating what i plan to feed it so <laughs> that's my next that was my next question what do you plan to feed it well so i've had really really good luck in the past with bibroni and just giving them uh pinky mice alive okay um, and from what i gather is it, they get really fat really quick and you really should space out the diet because they they take all that mammal protein and they just pack it in because they don't know when the next one they're going to find is you know because the odds of uh, a stiletto finding a a, a mouse nest is slim to none in, in the jungle or in the, you know, in fossorial era, forest stepland areas, grassland areas, whatever you want to call it. So I'm going to try that. I'll probably do what I did with the baby telescopus and if maybe wrap it in like a lizard skin burrito. Um, Cause that's actually worked really well for me. Uh, and just kind of go from there. If I gotta, if I gotta catch lizards, I mean, I'll catch lizards. I'll try and find something. I got some local kids who can get me some ground skinks if need be. And, you know, fingers crossed, but, most of the i'll be honest i can't think of like when i worked at strictly and such i can't think of a time having any kind of atrotaspis and it not eating a pinky i feel like pinky is like the magic food for them but i could be wrong who knows we're gonna find out yeah that, oh i'm looking forward to finding out um i've seen them in the wild obviously um I caught them in the wild and they are weird looking things yeah, I, you saw in right I, I i yeah they um and Gotti's is of, like the dream one. That's awesome. Yeah. And when, when you say uh, sideswiping, it is crazy to watch them doing it. It's, yeah. uh, when you see the, the single fang come out either side and they're, they're trying to stick you with it, it's, it's yeah. really weird. Um, surprisingly strong snakes for their, for their size, you know, proportionately. Yeah. Really, really strong snakes. And yours were um, in the Negev? Yeah. Yeah, just, that's uh, awesome. Absolutely yeah, awesome. Just, the problem is when you're road cruising through that sort of area, there are really, really big millipedes mm -hmm. that look similar to the okay. abstract aspis. When so you're constantly stopping the car and jumping out, thinking that you found one, 
and it's yeah. a big it's a, it's a huge millipede that looks like <laughs> yeah nice. so uh, but yeah that's the, cool man and the, those engadis man th- those are long glanded and yeah uh, and th- it's crazy i'm just looking at bite reports from them and just the yield is incredible because the gland yeah. is almost the full first third if not almost half the snake yeah absolutely be- incredible yeah, I'm not something that I would keep myself because it's like <laughs> it's like when I used to keep sand boas. You're basically you're keeping a tray of dirt. You're, you know, you're not going to see it very much unless you bother well, it. And that's and that's my my goal is if I can get the one I have eating appropriately and pooping appropriately and you know being good, yeah. I have some really cool cage ideas to allow the snake to feel comfortable, but at the same time, I can look at it and watch it whenever I want. Oh, so cool. and and so I'm gonna I'll send you pictures of some of the drawings I have. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. have to get with my buddy who does a bunch of acrylic stuff and try and do some gluing together and make some uh make some fossorial habitat. You know. Oh wow, that sounds amazing. Yes. Yeah, so. Now talking of feeding stuff, pygmy rattlesnake babies. Yes. How are you? Oh mate. How it's are re- you? It's really weird. So I had five drop from a quite large striped barbari and then i had two from a tiny little female normal phase barbari which for me i I said to you before i wouldn't thought she was big enough to produce but she produced two babies the two babies are double the size of the five striped babies wow the two normal normal Barbarite fed straight away on frozen thawed pinks, the whole pinks. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. Smash, literally smashing them. You put it, leave a frozen thawed pink in overnight, it's gone in the morning. The striped ones are an absolute nightmare. I have oh. tried, uh, I tried pinks, didn't want to go anywhere near them. I've tried live hatchling morning geckos. Still in there two days later, not interested. Yeah. I've tried live house geckos, but hatchling house geckos, because when I built my snake building, I released 20 house geckos in there deliberately, mm-hmm. and they just hoover up the um, spilt crickets and that sort of thing, and they live in there quite happily. They breed like it's going out of fashion. So there's always juvenile, tiny little house geckos running around in there. Um, now there's morning geckos running around in there, uh, Mediterranean geckos, Turkish geckos, and golden geckos running around in there because <laughs> nice. I'm clumsy and stuff gets out. Um, so, yeah, it is gecko fest in there, and it's nice to see that there's plenty of food for them to eat. So I've got a stock of small, tiny baby geckos, absolutely not interested. Of I've course. tried wrapping pinks in shed gecko skin, so underwoodysaurus don't tend to eat their skin. Yeah. So I, I use those. I wrap, not interested. So I res- I don't know whether it's like other snakes that I've had, like European vipers particularly, where they need to overwinter first before they start feeding properly. I wouldn't. I, I, it's not a pyromelana. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. No? Okay. Not me, not, at least not me personally. What I would try no. and do is, um, have you brained a blood pink yet? Yeah, I've tried that. So... What I've resorted to is I cut some small pinks up and I assist fed um, pink haunches, legs and haunches, for, what, for want of a better word. Okay. Which they took, but 
Yeah, that's not ideal. I'd rather now, you you didn't you didn't put it down them. You just opened their mouth, put it in, and walked away. And they managed to swallow I, it down I, from there. I didn't walk away. I sat there with it on a glove. Well, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, without yeah. moving. Um, so of the five, three of them would take it down eventually. Okay. Two of them, it had to be assisted down. Okay. Have you tried uh, taking the head off of a frozen, frozen thawed blood pink and then kind of squeezing it out some of the juices on the neck side and then bringing right. the neck side to it? I haven't tried that. I can try, try it. Try that one. And then have you flash boiled a blood pink? I haven't because I think my other half would go absolutely mental. If well, I'm... No, you don't. You don't do it like that. This is what you do: is you take, <laughs> you take a teacup, right? Yeah. And you 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 fill it halfway with water. Yeah. And you put it in the microwave for like at least two minutes on high. Yeah. Yeah. And then you take out the co the the teacup coffee cup, and then you yeah. take your frozen thawed pink and just drop it in, and the, right. the, the frozen pinky will have a catalyst with the the hot water, and it will instantly go and boil. Okay. And then you immediately take it out, shake it off, let it get cool, and then you can do your little braining if you want, and then try and feed it once it's warm to the touch. Okay, I'll try and now, that. And yeah. now I've got a, a, a really hot prey item that is almost devoid of scent because you've cooked it all off real quick. Yeah, yeah. That's what a lot of guys do that with the uh, with the Pyro Milana. Is just to, they'll do, okay. They, they'll do it with Hognose, too. Okay, I'll try that. Yeah, I'll try, try that. that. Yeah, and then, and then if that doesn't work, then I take a frozen thawed uh, blood pink and i'll roll it in tuna juice you can try that too okay i'll uh, try, try that. and get yeah. that, the fishiness of the of like canned tuna or tuna in a pouch or whatever just yeah, roll yeah. it in some of that that'll work too i don't know you just gotta keep going yeah they're so small i mean yeah ridiculously yeah. small the actual they uh in in their little tubs they have got the tops of milk cartons as water bowls yeah, yeah, that's perfect. And and they comfortably curl up inside them. Really? They are ridiculously oh my small. God. Yeah. Oh, that's so tiny, man. It's so by, tiny. By far the smallest snake I've had to deal with. The only other thing was um the semiambulatus, the African um, yeah. telescopus. Yeah. Were smaller, I think. But really longer but thinner. Whereas oh. these these are just absolutely minute. I mean, a corn a hatchling corn snake is probably three to four times as big yeah. as these. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. It's just it's just crazy. Oh, gnarly. I mean, come to think of it, when I got the Telescopus obtusus babies, they were they were like a cocktail straw. So, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Now, did you see my recent Instagram video of my brand new baby Clarecus? I did. I'm super jealous. It's one of my favorite species. And I'll tell you, I was I started making that live video. I don't do live videos with Venomous often because there's so many things that can go wrong. God forbid yeah. something happens on a live video, then oof, that could get real bad real quick. But yeah. I figured this was a small enough baby in a very controlled environment. And I figured, you know what? If he eats, great. If he doesn't eat, oh, well, at least people could see how to get started with a baby like that. And literally, as I'm not to toot my own horn, but as I'm saying, he's probably not going to eat it. Wham! He grabs it, and like that, that I just felt so good about that man. Oh, wait, what, that, what a morale that, booster! That's incredible. What a fabulous species! 
Yeah. Um, really, really underrated species, I think. I mean, everybody goes for the squams. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of, this was a gift from the buddy I bought the uh, stiletto from. He's yeah. like, hey, man, I really don't want to deal with that baby. You want that baby? I said, sure, I'll oh, take it. And mate. I'm glad he did because it's, it's yeah. super growing on me. Yeah, I've got um, I've got a pair and I, I prefer them to the squams all day long. The colors are amazing. The yeah. females get quite big for a theorist. They, yeah. Uh, did you did you ever produce or no? Not yet, no. Okay, because I was gonna say no. there were bright neon yellow babies, not yeah. babies, bright neon yellow juveniles yeah. with that shipment, and yeah. it made me wonder, like, is that some kind of dimorphism or is that just like neonate colors as they age, I, they turn more I, green? I would say they age and turn green. The I, I bred uh, Ceratophora, and they were very yellow when they came out. Okay, um, which the adults weren't. Um and the squalms, you know, they come out a myriad of different colours. Right, right, right. Um, Kaleidoscope. Yeah. So, but I've, I've never produced clarecets. It's on my list of things to produce, but uh, we shall see. But I, I, I love them. I think I've got mine in a really, really well planted. Probably for a venomous, it's my most planted fiv. Um, nice. Uh, and yeah, they just sit up amongst the roots of the uh, the arboreal plants in there. They just look phenomenal. Yeah. And great, yeah, really good feeders, really good feeders. Yeah, as well. yeah, I I've <laughs> learned that. <laughs> yeah, so that's really good, man. Cool. Yeah. This is very cool. I'm, I'm excited really for cool. the little baby. I'm hopeful. Hopefully, it, it goes well. And I got him set up in a little little makeshift quarantine deli cup with some fake plants and stuff. So take it one step at a time, you know. Yeah, I do. Is there anything else you're thinking of adding shortly? No, I wasn't. I wasn't planning on adding any of that stuff. It was just, you know, one was a gift, and the other ones were strike when the iron's hot. Yeah, trying to 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 not buy anything. Um, I just upgraded my uh, Fuscus into I think they're eighty quart tubs. So I upgraded them, which they're loving it. They're they're growing like weeds, and I. I don't know. Talking to you and talking to Eric in Arizona about how big they need to be to breed. I really feel like if I really pumped up the girl, she might be able to breed this this autumn. Um, but at the same time, I'm just I'm, I'm afraid, man. I'm afraid if she's too small and I'm afraid I'm going to have complications. So I don't know. I guess I just got to wait and see what happens. Yeah, there's, there's no rush to breed. I mean, mine yeah. are, I suppose, mine are coming up for five years now. Okay. Uh, and this year was the first year I put them together. Okay. So, All right. Well, maybe I'll send you pictures of my girl and yeah. you tell me if she's, you know. But even at five, even at five years, I'd say mine are probably only three and a half, four feet long. Okay. They're okay. not. But I don't. I don't. I keep mine slim. I don't overfeed. You know. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Same with me. I don't power feed them or anything like that. So. Yeah, I think the the biggest meal they've ever had is a small rat. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, it's about the same. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I like those in the Maclots. I've been, I had them as hatchlings. They're both, I got them both at the same time. So I've got a trio of um, Maclots and I've got a trio of Fog Dam uh, water pythons. Nice. Um, and the, yeah, so they've both, this year was the first year I put them all together just to, just to see. But I don't, you know, they're supposed to be, I think most people say they don't breed until they're about seven. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I think they're quite slow to mature. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we shall see nice good yeah uh what about shows brother oh mate um 
I just booked a table at the Houghton Show. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so that would be cool. Um, that's in October. That's International Snake Day. Nice. That's the, that's the biggest snake show in Europe. Um, uh, I, I, it's just a phenomenal show, phenomenal show. In terms of venomous, there will be every species of European viper for sale. Wow. There'll be probably, there was last time, I think, every species of North American rattlesnake for sale. Wow. Uh, including Bilardo, uh, Price Eye, um, Aquilus, all of those will be for sale there. Awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, looking forward to that. I might go to the ham show this year. Um, it's it's not been on for a while, but it's, it's back on now, and that is the biggest reptile show in the world, so I might um, see how that goes. Nice. And that's a, that's a September? That is in September. It's a bit of a mission for me. It's about a 10-hour drive, um, and it's quite an expensive trip if you're not selling anything. Yeah. But it's a, it's, it's a great experience. Nice. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. What about you? You're doing Daytona, aren't you? Doing Daytona. And uh, this year, uh, I've got m- me and Billy and Casey Cannon are sharing a table, and then Billy has another table that's next to us. So the three of us will have two tables. And then we got a really great spot this time. Uh, I've got Adeline Robinson on my left and I got Manny and Tiki on my right. And like all those people are fantastic, beautiful, wonderful people. So it's gonna be a really exciting show. Um, I don't think I'm going to bring any actual animals to sell. I mean, I have a couple geckos that I might consider, but I think I'm honestly just going to bring some t-shirts and, just hang out and try not to spend too much money. <laughs> so the only things that I really have on my radar is stuff that is rather pricey. And I don't, I don't think I should, I think I should be patient and, and save my shekels and go from there. So yeah, but, I've got, I've got a list and it's all inspired by uh, stuff that we saw while we was away to be perfectly honest. <laughs> good. So, good. Yeah. I'm after King snakes and I'm after some rattlesnakes. So we'll see. I swear if you buy a tree lizard, I'm flying over there to hit you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't mind the tree lizard to be honest. I think they're quite cool, um, but I've never seen them for sale. Probably for a reason. <laughs> Probably for a reason. But yeah, yeah. no, Cloud Rye um, is top of my list. Uh, then Sidewinders and some. I really get into King Snakes, um, but locality, not morphs, obviously. Yeah. So I want some of the Mountain Kings as well. I've, I've got some, but I, I'd, I'd like some different. I'd like Ruth Venai and um, some stuff like that. So we should see. Nice. See nice. what's available. Are you yeah. Are you going to take the pill and do the Leonis route? Um. I have a lot of friends that have got those, so I can I can get them quite easily. Okay, yeah, um, that's I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of like, it's it's like uh, uh, M and M's. You just can't have one Leonis. You have to have no. You have to have the whole. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Yeah. No, my, my my list is is more. Um, I want decent examples of Pueblin, Sinaloan, that sort of thing. Okay, nice. Yeah. You do like Zanata. Oh, my friends just bought a trio of Zanata. They're extremely expensive over here. Really? Yeah. Um, he paid, I think he paid about eight fifty for the trio. Oh, okay. So, that's that's I was expecting eight fifty each. <laughs> oh no, no. I think okay. that's for King for Kingsnakes, I think that's quite a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but I've got um Noblockai, Paramalana, so uh, I'd like some infralabris, um any mountain king 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm after. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of when I was trying to find my pair of pyros. Yeah. I wanted the, the, the Utah coloration. Yeah. But I, but I wanted it to be pyro pyro. That way I didn't have to pay any kind of exuberant price tag. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, and I've, I put some feelers out to see if, uh, I can get some clouds that are from the uh, Wachuca area, Good. which technically can't ever happen because they're protected. But it's Europe, and you can get anything. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I because... wasn't going to say anything when we were out there, but like I know I've seen that locality. I've seen Wachuca yeah. Mountains, like. 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's it's normally uh, is it the Organ Mountains you normally find for sale quite. A lot in Europe. Um, it's normally the it's normally out, out of Arizona ones that you you find for sale. But I think um, well, and I also think that people there's also like I know for a fact that there has been certain individuals who had permits to do X, Y, and Z. They use the animals for whatever the research was. They kept the animals afterward. They moved to Texas you know, had babies, sold those babies to a friend in Michigan. And then all of a sudden now you have locality specific animals. Yeah. You know, so, so like, it, it's not impossible. It's, it's just not impossible. It's, it's just to be fair. Everything it, is possible, but the ones you're looking at probably weren't that route. <laughs> no, no. So to say the least. <laughs> yeah. But that, so that, that's, that's, that's the, that's the, the plan going forward. Excellent. Panting away, poor little fella. He says, "Pet me, Dad. Pet me." It's too hot. It's too hot here. Yes. Well, sir, is there anything else you want to touch base on? No, mate. I think that's just it's great to catch up. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Good to catch up. Um, We've got some other guests in the pipeline coming up. We do. We do. do. Have you talked to Peter yet? I have talked to Peter. Peter has just bred king cobras. Oh, nice, nice. So, um, yeah. Did, they just did ha- he have a nest mound or no? He did, I believe, yeah. Oh, um, incredible. They're, they're just hashing out at the minute, so that's very, very cool. Excellent. Do you know, uh, do you know what locality or country? Uh, I don't. He will. Okay. He, he's all over that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he will. He said, yeah, he will, when he gets a minute, he's super busy, but he will come on and talk about breeding his king cobras and his fantastic collection. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I will make sure that, like, I mean, obviously, if I'm at work, that's different. But if I'm out of work, I don't care what time of day. Like, I'll make arrangements, you know. Yeah, it's no big deal. That, that'd be cool. Um, so, yeah, that'd be great to have him on. Um, and we need some we need some uh, arachnid people on. Oh, we got them. They're, they're we ready. Got them. We just got to yeah. schedule it out. So Yeah, we'll sort that out. That'd be yeah. grand. Arthropoda for days. Hell yeah. Not that I know anything about them, but I feel that we are very snake heavy. We need, we some, healer, we need some healer people on. I've got them lined up. I've got them lined up. I've got heated yeah. people. I've got beaded people, and I've got southern uh, beaded people. Oh, so, check yeah. you out! You yeah, like this? Well, I, I got to bring some to the table. <laughs> <laughs> Ideal, so, mate. Ideal. That's grand. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, good. Where uh, you want you want to give your uh, your sign off uh, tags yes, and such? It's weird be. with no guest, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It really is. So, um, thanks for everybody that's supporting me on Instagram at the moment. Please continue to do that. If I can get to a thousand followers, I will be super excited. So tell your friends and follow me at Nipper Reed on Instagram. You will find loads and loads of rattlesnake pictures going on there at the moment as I'm downloading them. 
Um, but yeah, I've had some lovely feedback on Instagram about the show, so I really appreciate that. It's very kind of people to reach out and uh, and say kind things. So uh, yeah, that's good. That's me. Excellent. It sounds like you're wrangling a Razorback. I no, I have an, an American Bulldog cross staff that is super hot and um, determined to get on my lap, which is not the most convenient thing at the moment. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, as for me, you can find me at knobtails.ig on Instagram. You can also go on YouTube and check out Venomous Etiquette videos. I actually took a like six minute highlight reel from our Arizona trip, put some music onto it, and that is on Venomous Etiquette videos on YouTube. So feel free to check that out if you want to see more of our Arizona action. Um, and then you can find us on the Herbiculture Network. Uh, every Monday night, Snakes and Stogies is our live Snakes and Cigars chat. Feel free to check that out. And uh, also give a shout out to the NPR, Morelia Python Radio Network, and the fine folks over there. I think that's about it for this trip. What do you got, Nip Nip? I'm good. Else? No, that's it, mate. That's me done. All right. Well, thank you again to everybody for watching, listening, partaking, all the above. And, uh, we love you. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.